This is the happy hour. You guys going to happy hour? Coming at you live from the heart of Lincoln, America. Yeah, maybe I'll come for a couple. Here are your hosts, Nick Sainert. I want to know what it's like to commit a crime without having to spend time in jail. And Enrique Alvarez Clary. C is for chunk. Brought to you by Empire Fence and Netting on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome into the happy hour, 93.7 The Ticket, theticketfm.com. Nick Sainert, Enrique Alvarez, Clary with you. Rico, you hanging in there, man? Hello. I'm good. You're okay? I'm I'm better than I was yesterday. Still not great. Yeah. I know. We missed you yesterday. But I'm better. Yeah, I know. You were making fun of me. I listened to a little bit I don't, of the first I don't segment. know. I don't nah. know if I would say making fun of you no, was I listened the right to a little way bit of, No, I listened to a little bit of the first segment. You were making fun of me. You and Austin. I wasn't you were both like you. you were both like. I was just oh, taking a well, jab. You, you almost jab. You almost died, and Rico can't even show up for work because he's a little easy, sick. Easy, 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 easy. I'm not. I don't want to go that far. That's what you said. It was, it was scary. Though. That's what you said. I did almost die. Um. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> a little bit. Uh, sidebar: These white chocolate fruit cake oh, squares. They're, they're so good. From Beatrice Bakery are absolutely delicious. I'm not gonna say that I took two home with me, but I took two home with me. I mean the the white chocolate is it is fascinating. And my daughter, I took one bite out of it, and now I want more, but I can't because I'm on the air. My daughter surprisingly liked it. I was not expecting her to like the fruitcake, but she did. Well, so okay, so Rico, I mean, you braved the elements. Four zero two four six four five six eight five. The Honda Lincoln Hotline, Starter Heyman Text Line. Both those open for you guys. The uh, entire show today got stuff to get to um, at one thirty. So what we're gonna do? In the second segment is we want to get you guys prepped for Husker baseball season. They start their season tomorrow. Um, they are currently on a plane to San Diego where they'll begin their season uh, this weekend. But they were stuck on the, the, the runway for a little bit. Then they will have a layover in Denver really quickly. Then they'll have to uh, make their way to, to San Diego from Denver here in a little while. But... It's a busy couple days. We're about to get into full swing of Husker softball and baseball season as as the softball team uh, plays doubleheader today, three o'clock and six o'clock against Oklahoma State yeah, and UCLA, um, respectively. So, yeah, thank you. You're right. Um, but anyway, and Tom Brady's niece, Maya Brady. I, I'm curious what the so when you, you drove to McDonald's, yes. correct? Yeah, I did. How'd it go? Easy. Really? The only, the, roads the, are okay? So the roads are, are being cleared. Okay. They were cleared when I went. The only problem is the snow plows, when they go through, obviously they don't care about the entrances or exits to places. Yeah. So the entrance slash exit to the ticket, just a massive drift of like snow. But not okay. like the soft snow. Like it was all the stuff that was on the road that had been, you know, uh, pushed down by all the cars. So, you know, the snow plow propped it up and threw it on the side. So I had to go through all that that stuff. Um, made it through there pretty easily just because I got a bigger car, but that's the worst of the drive. The roads are cleared. We're good to go. Nice. Getting out of the parking lot, at least for me, wasn't that hard. The snow's fluffy enough where, where you're able to drive through it, but uh, a little slick now in some of the spots where the snow is packed down by the, the cars driving over it, so be safe when you're out there driving, but um, if you don't have to leave, don't, Yeah. and if you do have to leave, 
be safe. Yeah, and so um, appreciate you guys just tuning in, keeping us company the entire day. Once again, number to call, number to text, 402-464-5685. Here in a little bit, uh, we're going to replay an interview, that we a conversation that we had with Kyle Perry, the uh, Hus- one of the Husker baseball captains from last week, uh, as they get ready to get rolling tomorrow against uh, San Diego. But I, I guess, Rico... Um, on top of this, I, I need to I need to do a little bit of a welfare check on you because one of your favorite players is no longer with the ro- with the program. <sighs> Why would you do that, Alante Brown? Why would you do that? Is me? no longer with with Nebraska football, I and neither is Hunter Anthony. Am hurt for but, Alante. <laughs> yeah, but, but you have you have a soft spot for Alante Brown, and you've wanted him to take over the reins as kind of one of the top receivers for Nebraska football for a while now. I'm not going to say... And now he's not, go- now he's not going to. I'm not going to say that before he took over as head coach when he was just receivers coach that I didn't tell Mickey Joseph that he needed to play Alante Brown more. Okay. But I definitely told Mickey Joseph that he needed to play Alante Brown more. Um, he said that he was impressive, but he, he ended up not playing as yeah, much. Yeah, exactly. He didn't play as much. <laughs> um, but no, it's it sucks. You know, like I was saying earlier on the water cooler, everybody... That, that pays attention to any type of football has players that maybe they don't play a lot, maybe they don't play at all, um, but you, for some reason, have a soft spot in your heart for them, and you just think, man, mm-hmm. if this person could just get a chance, I'm sure that they'd be able to show everybody that they're worth you know, a, a, a bigger role in on, on this team. And Alante Brown's one of those guys for me. So um, it sucks that he is no longer with the program, however... Um, the door is not closed all the way on Alante Brown in Nebraska. There is a chance that he does return back to the team, uh, is welcome back, and is able to play with Nebraska uh, next season. And I'm hoping that he does. I really am. So He's the second leading receiver coming back. So now that puts um, – I need to update my numbers here. So that puts them 24. Two scholarships 14. down and then a lot of walk-ons. Yeah, so now their overall total of scholarships um, publicly known is 101. And I think so, you leave it at 102. Alante will be back. He'll be are, back. Are you, are you confident in that? I, I am. You know what? I'm going to put a number on it. I'm going to put a number on it. Okay. And I'm going to say 88% sure that Alante comes back. You're confident in that Alante Brown comes back. I am confident in Alante Brown, Cadillac Brown, mm. being a part of this Nebraska team. I'm all next about season. it. Then, if that, if that's the case, I'm all about it. Um, that leaves Nebraska with 15 scholarship wide receivers. 15. Oh no! Whatever I will, shall they do? I will read through them really quickly. You have the six freshmen. Malachi Coleman, Jaden Doss, Jalen Lloyd, Bryce Turner, Jeremiah Charles, Demetrius Bell. Two redshirt freshmen, Victor Jones Jr., Engineer, and Bonner. Two sophomores, Sean Hardy and Xavier Betts. Two juniors, Tommy Hill and IGC. And then three seniors, Marcus Washington, Joshua Fleeks, and Billy Kemp. It's a lot of people. That's 15, right? I believe so. Yeah, Six, that's 15. 8, yeah, 10, that's, yeah, 15. 12, 15. Perfect. That's 15. That and is then, a lot. Yeah, so then, then you take away Hunter Anthony from that tackle room, that offensive tackle room as well. That what, are they down to like 14 offensive linemen? All positions included, yeah. 12. Ah, darn it. They are now down to six offensive tackles specifically. And this is one area that's, like once again, we, we talked about maybe an area that Nebraska football will will continue to look to add pieces as especially after spring ball, mm-hmm. 
and you you understand that if you kind of follow the transfer portal recruiting and and that kind of landscape somewhat consistently, you you know that when it's a talented or a um, a quality offensive lineman, no matter the position, those things go like I mean they, those things go quick. I mean. Um, you got to be one of the first teams in on somebody in a transfer offense alignment when they're of high quality because they're they're extremely valuable and, and no team can have enough. So when you look at Nebraska football here, there's six tackles on scholarship or on the roster right now. Bryce Benhart, Turner Corcoran, Teddy Prohaska, and then three guys that personally in my eyes won't see the field. Jacob okay. Hood, mm-hmm. Gunnar Katula, and Brock Knudsen. The freshman. The, the, the freshman. Jacob yeah. Hood, obviously a redshirt freshman. But we knew coming in to this to this season, and we, we will know unless something dramatically changes, that Jacob Hood is, is not a Walter Rouse, right, if we want to compare. Yeah. Um, that's why Walter Rouse's commitment at the time was so valuable and huge because – it was a guy that had 39 career starts for or for for Stanford. Uh, Stanford at Power Five level, and was going to be able to come in and kind of instantly impact the game. He's not Jacob a, Hood's uh, not that kid. That's the situation. The the guy from Rhode Island that went to Oregon. It was a slightly complicated name. A Johnny Cornelius. There you go. Man, he's not him either. Pulled didn't that give out of the didn't, well. Didn't give up. That was impressive. Good I pulled job. that out of the well. Great job. That was deep. Great job. I forgot about that guy. Uh, didn't give up a single sack. At, at Rhode he went Island, to Oregon, right? Yeah, he went to Oregon. Uh, at Rhode Island, this last season, ended up going to Oregon. Uh, Nebraska was a fi- Nebraska was a finalist for two of the bigger tr- tackle transfers in the nation. Got the mm-hmm. commitment of one for about forty eight hours, but the fact that they were, I mean, that's got to count for something. Although you didn't end up getting them, so it doesn't count for a whole lot. You were in with both yeah. of those two guys who had offers from anywhere they wanted to go. And Nebraska was in with both of them. We're finalists for both of those guys. Uh, didn't end up getting either one of them. But that's that's got to say something for their offensive line recruitment. Where they're they're at least in the door and and being... What's the word I'm looking for? Being considered for, well, and, and for a new home. And, that, and that, now, granted, there's a lot of, of positive momentum around this program right now. And, and frankly, I mean being realistic here there's a chance that this program might not have as much positive momentum when it comes to the fall yeah so so once when we're when you talk about recruiting here early on there's a lot of positive momentum we i mean you you saw it under scott frost even in in 2018 in his first recruiting class there was positive momentum and there was even positive momentum in the 2019 class because you got guys like Wandale Robinson and Turner Corcoran, and and at that time Luke McCaffrey as well in that class. Noah Polagates. Um, yeah, those those guys because Nebraska's twenty nineteen class was was one of the best in the last five or or ten years. But what you had to back up or back that up against was oh yeah Scott Frost he he turned around UCF in two years so we're expecting this giant jump and giant leap in year two under under this head coach and unfortunately it just didn't pan out so. I'll be interested to see that if if Nebraska's unable to get any wins or many wins this season, how much re- momentum will they have on the recruiting trail, mm-hmm. um, and and how much will be here will be here about Nebraska uh, going after some big targets. But I, I will mention that that March twenty fifth visit date is setting up huge well, because you have I know for sure there's two five stars locked in. 
Um, Dylan Raiola obviously being the headliner there. Mm-hmm. You have two four-star recruits that are scheduled to, to be on campus and then a, a laundry list of, of three stars and other um, down-the-road recruits as well. So that March 25th date is shaping up to be big for Nebraska recruiting. And when we talk to, like, whether it's Zach Carpenter or whether it's Steve or Steve from, from inside Nebraska or, or anybody that kind of pays attention to Husker football on, on the daily basis – then you have um, this thought of if you are able to gain one commitment from one of those guys or even two of them, that only provides you more momentum for the spring game. And 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 to put it into comparison, remember that spring game under Mike Riley where Brendan Radley Hiles was there and Tommy uh, uh, oh Thomas uh, who was the, Moore um, Josh Moore. Josh Moore, who had he, he was at Texas. He ended up going yes. to Texas after he was committed to Nebraska for a while. Um, Josh Moore, who was that four star wide receiver, his brother Jordan Moore was in town. Um, it was the it was I mean the the spring spring game weekends where like Brendan Radley Hiles wanted to commit a year before, but was Mike Riley was like, hey, listen, we're gonna wait till next spring game to make it public. Like you can silently commit all you want to mm-hmm. us. But we're going to wait till next spring game to make it happen. Then everybody found out that he going. was like silently committed for a year to Nebraska. Um, so I mean, like that that can provide Crazy. when when you have that much momentum and just when you maybe have a couple guys already in the boat for the next recruiting class, that only allows you to have a bigger recruiting weekend for some place like the spring game. And everybody knows that a spring game in Nebraska is not a spring game anywhere else. No. And so, in terms of how serious people take it, so I think it's just. That March 25th weekend is going to be huge. It's going to be massive, and I found the visitor list. It's an unofficial visitor list, but it's still a visitor list. Um, and I'm not going to name I'm just going to go with the stars because I don't know how many people actually know the names. I don't even know a lot of the names except for the uh, Dylan Raiola, that yeah. guy. Yeah, we all know that name. Um, like you said, two, four, two five stars. Uh, the other five star is a defensive lineman, and then a laundry list of four stars and and two three stars like you said a uh, couple wide receivers tight end uh an offensive lineman uh coming in and, and a name you might recognize mario buford a defensive mm-hmm. back coming in that day as well so that march 25th and i'm sure there's going to be a bunch of other names who are who are at the spring game who who you might not be hearing about right now but it'll be really interesting to see like you said if if somebody ends up or if multiple somebodies end up committing at during or after the Nebraska spring game, the momentum you'll get from hopefully playing actual football Mm -hmm. and tackling each other and then getting some commitments leading up into your season would be massive. Really, it doesn't matter who commits. If you get a couple commits out of that, it'll be crazy because there was, you know, another instance with a spring game where you had a recruit who was in the stands who tweeted out, a duck, like a duck emoji, yeah. and they ended up committing to Oregon like a couple days later, which very strange, but it happens. So um, the the positive momentum that you can build from from getting recruits after your spring game, getting commits after your spring game is, is going to be invaluable. And like you said, um, the Scott Frost uh, regime kind of did the same thing their first two years. So we'll kind of wait on it after the positive momentum just to see what happens and how many of these guys actually stick around for – you know, three or four years. All right. So before we get to break here, so Husker baseball, to ch- just not to change directions. No, it works. Um, Husker baseball is, opens up their season tomorrow at San Diego. They have a four game series. Uh, their first game is at eight p.m. tomorrow night. Goodness gracious. Um, Central time, by the way. 
then they have a doubleheader, uh, or excuse me, one game on Saturday, then a... Yeah, okay, so they have a game Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Oh. Their game on Monday... Hey, DP made it in. Hey! Um... Hello, DP. Hi. Okay. Um, <laughs> I was I was surprised to I was surprised to see you. You know, when when people come in, it's like, whoa. Oh, so you, you made it. Somebody's here. Congratulations, you made it through Snowmageddon. Somebody else is um, stuck in the building. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so anyway, so Husker baseball will play on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, uh, one game each day. Interesting. And, and it's going to be free online to stream, by the way, or you can listen on obviously on the radio network. Um, but then they'll so then the following weekend they will travel to Mobile, Alabama, and play South Alabama, and then. The following weekend, the first weekend in March, Nebraska goes to Minneapolis, Minnesota. That's still, and like it's it's weird, but they'll be playing in a dome. They'll but be playing just, in a dome. It's just weird that baseball you're yes. going further north. But here's what's interesting about that series, and and, and you, a lot of people might already know this. Their first game in Minneapolis will be against Vanderbilt. And if you don't know much about Vanderbilt baseball, I'll tell you this: Who are you? <laughs> Last year they had 39 wins. The year before they had 49 wins. Then it was the COVID year, obviously. The year before that they had 59 wins. Um, year before that, I mean, multiple College World Series appearances, multiple uh, NCAA championships as well. Uh, Kumar Rocker, Dansby Swanson, Jack Leiter, uh, as a couple of the uh, the alum from Vanderbilt. Hashtag but, Vandy boys. Yeah, exactly. So they'll have to play Vanderbilt, and then they'll also have to play Ole Miss, who was. The if you don't know much champion, about, if you don't know much about Ole Miss, yes, who was last year's national champion? So before they uh, return home on March seventh for their home opener against Northern Colorado, no Tim Elko though. Yes. So um, anyway, just interesting kind of a uh, schedule layout for Husker baseball. So when we come back, we, we talked to Kyle Perry last week, uh, just kind of uh, to, to preview the season. But since we're all kind of snowed in in our house, and if you might have missed the interview last week, we're going to replay it uh, just to get you guys ready. Um, let you know a little bit more about uh, Husker baseball before they get rolling. They announced their opening rot or opening uh, starter, yeah, opening series uh, rotation, and go. so we'll we'll fill you in on that as well when we come back. But we talked to senior captain and uh, left-handed pitcher Kyle Perry when we come back. Follow Nick and Enrique on Twitter at Nick underscore Sainert and at Radio Rico AC. More of Happy Hour is next on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com.